from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're all enjoying your morning, having a great day. We're proud to be here with you starting here this morning after Columbus Day. So I hope you enjoyed your holiday. It was a travel day for me back from New York Comic Con because Super Powered Pop, my other broadcast, my entertainment show inside of Dan Tortora Broadcast Media for sports. We have Wake Up Call for entertainment, pop culture, and whatnot. We have Super Powered Pop. And for Disney, we have How You Disney. So being at New York Comic Con, covering New York Comic Con from Thursday through Sunday, October 4th to the 7th, and then uh, traveling back on the holidays. So I had a great time. I barely slept. I'm very, very uh, trying to catch up on some sleep this time around. But I hope you're doing well. I hope your week is has started off good. I hope you had a good Columbus Day. Some of you had the day off. Some of you didn't. So whether you did or you didn't, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you spent some time with your loved ones and made the most of the time that you have out there. So God bless to each and every single one of you, and it's so good to be back. We're here Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on normal time slot, and that is on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, and on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage, you can pick up the show there as well. So a very good morning to each and every single one of you. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast, and let's hop into the morning menu, let you know what's coming up today. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. In today's broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on MixLR dot com backslash wake up call dt and on the homepage of wake up call dt.com i'm proud to let you know that we are going to do you know our typical monday show and our tuesday show are going to join together with the holiday being this week we're going to link up both of these shows since we were off the air on monday so our show will essentially be monday and tuesday put together and that means we'll start off the show with Monday morning quarterback on a Tuesday. So this week and this week only, Marvin Graves from Syracuse will be our Tuesday morning quarterback. And then we'll move on from that conversation with Marvin Graves into the second hour of the show around 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll start on the prowl, give you my Jacksonville Jaguars coverage. I picked them to lose to the Chiefs this week, and they definitely did. What does that mean for the Jaguars? What does that mean for the Chiefs? We'll talk about it all in just a little bit. And we'll also get into the NFL as a whole this week and week number five of the NFL. So we'll get into the NFL, we'll get into the Jaguars, we'll get into Syracuse, and we'll also do the Ingredients to Success, proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company, to wrap up the show. So the show is going to be like a sandwich. 
The first piece of bread is going to be Marvin Graves and I speaking on the Syracuse pit game and Syracuse in general. The last part of the show is going to be the other piece of bread, tying it all back together when we speak on the ingredients to success for Syracuse football moving forward. And in between that, the meat of it, we're going to have the Jaguars coverage on the prowl and the NFL coverage of week five and give you my analytics, my thoughts on what happened in week five in the NFL. So all of that is coming up in today's broadcast. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. And as always, God bless to each and every single one of you once again. And I hope that you had a great weekend. And I hope that you watched our videos since we were out of studio on Thursday and Friday. We had videos that were aired on Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And we also had videos that were that you could watch on YouTube.com backslash DT, which we put on Twitter at CallDT for you to link up with that as well. So I hope you watch the videos. If not, you can always go back to Facebook.com backslash DT and YouTube.com backslash DT, and you can watch the videos there as they are archived for you right now. So make sure that you check out those videos. So... All last week, from Jacksonville to Syracuse to New York City, you had the show, and then uh, off yesterday for the holiday. Happy to be back once again, and uh, proud to speak with you as always. So let us take a step aside here for a fast break. When I come back, we will be joined by Marvin Graves, and we're also going to be giving your thoughts on the Syracuse team after they lost to Pittsburgh. I asked you all what you thought about it on social media And you guys gave me your answers. We're going to share those in the show today as well. So make sure you're tuned in to that. We'll take a step aside and be back with Marvin Graves in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant, it's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with.
I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. We also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or HondaCity-CNY.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop at Honda City. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. As always, proud to be here with you Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Proud to be back on the airwaves after a holiday. I hope you enjoyed your Columbus Day. And we do a special segment every single Monday with Marvin Graves, Syracuse football alumni at the quarterback position. The team started this season 4-0. The last time they did it was when he was under center for Syracuse in 1991. So our Monday morning quarterback is with you every Monday at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time. But with the holiday, for this week and this week only, he's our Tuesday morning quarterback. And with that being said, let's bring him into the show. Marvin, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? Doing very well. And, and, and Marvin, you know, you and I were just talking about this and, you know, speaking on the uh, the Syracuse game and, and what Syracuse, you know, obviously Syracuse falling on the road to Pitt. Just, you know, overall, as we always start at broad scope, because we'll talk about some specific things in the game, but... First and foremost, just, you know, the game ends, you're looking at the TV. What's the first thing that was going through your mind? I just felt bad for the guys, you know, the coaching staff, because I know how hard it is to come close to beating, um, you know, a top five team and then having to regroup and go back on the road. Um, then you had to deal with the weather delay. I just, I kind of felt, I really felt bad for those guys. Um, I, I know what it's like to lose a game like that. So um, I, I, I just was, you know, pretty deflated. And when you, like you said, you know, you you have been through this before, you felt this before. What game are you looking back to that felt similar that you were in to a game like this? Well, um I think I remember playing against, although it was at the end of the year, um, I remember losing to Miami. And fortunate for us, I think that was the last game of the season. But, you know, I just remember after that game, I just feel like if we had another game that week, that it was going to be a rough, rough outing. And, and that, like I said, that was the last game of the season. But I just remember being so physically and mentally drained after that game um, to have to get back up and come and go and play on the road next week, the following week. Yeah, it's a tough task. Um, so that, that, there's other games that um, I can think of, but I just remember how physically and mentally drained I was after that one because you just give it your all and you come up short. 
Speaking here with Marvin Graves, Syracuse quarterback alum, and our Monday morning quarterback this week only here with us on Tuesday instead of Monday due to the holiday. And Marvin, you know, when you look at this team and and just where they're at right now, I picked them to lose this game. I, I predicted Syracuse would lose to Pittsburgh. There was a couple reasons. Uh, the first one is Pittsburgh always plays Syracuse tough. They actually lead the head-to-head series all time. Secondly, Syracuse seems to struggle when they're on the road in general. And let me add a third one. They seem to struggle when they're on the road in general, comma, especially when they're in Pittsburgh. And then, you know, my final reason was the fact that, you know, last year when they beat Clemson, I don't know if it's they put so much energy into it that they just didn't have enough to bounce back, but they seem to struggle from there. They put so much into that win and then lost five in a row. I don't think they're going to lose five in a row this time around, but there's something to be said about when they play Clemson tough or they beat Clemson and then you, you look to the rest of their season, they're supposed to beat everybody else. You know, if you play Clemson that tough in Death Valley, you should win the rest of your games. That's the mentality. That's the thought that's, you know, if you're going to play them like that, well, everybody else is below what Clemson is doing. Yet, I know that Syracuse, you know, tends to tends to play up to competition, and then somehow, instead of keeping that tenacity, it goes down a little bit. So there were a lot of things, a lot of factors that went into me thinking that Syracuse would drop this one. What did you think about, you know, did you think Syracuse was going to drop this, or how did you view it going in? Um, I felt like, I felt like we would be able to neutralize a pitch running game, which will force them to throw the ball a little more. Um, and I think the rain delay hurt us a little bit. Um, I'm not making any excuses for the guys, but, you know, I, I don't remember having to go through anything like that. But, you know, you go through your pregame warm-up, your rituals and so forth, and then you finally get the pads on and then you get out there and, you know, Syracuse had a 14 nothing lead. Um, and, and and I just think that, you know, it, it's tough. Like you said, Pitt, Pitt plays us tough on the road. It goes all the way back to the Big East. So we're very familiar with, you know, each other. And I, I just think that um, I think Pitt took a real good look at uh, the Clemson game and decided to make sure that they run the f- football. And they did it very effectively. And um, I, I just really think that that was the key to the game. Yeah, and we talk about running the football and, you know, taking care of business in that respect. Syracuse has shown in these last couple weeks that they do struggle to stop the run. If there is a weakness on the defense, it is getting the runner down. We saw it with we saw it with uh, numerous running backs for the Clemson Tigers from Feaster to Etienne to uh, Choice and and then we obviously see it in this game a consistent struggle. There were wide open lanes that in credit to the Pittsburgh offensive line as well, but these lanes were created, and these running backs burst through them. And there were numerous plays, you know, watching it. And even if you go back and you just watch the film again and you sit down with it, there were numerous plays where it was just broken wide open. There were touchdowns scored like that. Is this the most glaring issue when it comes to Syracuse's team as a whole to you right now, is the inability to stop the run? I, I, I think it's a key. You know, I really believe it starts up front on both sides of the ball. Um And I just think, you know, you got to make plays. Um, I said it last week as far as, you know, the Clemson game, you know, there were mistakes made that are correctable. Um, I still feel that way. 
Um, I challenge the guys, and I say this as a challenge, not as a put down. Um, maybe some of the some of the guys that are in there are not the guys that that need to be in there. Um, but they got to step up and make plays. You know, you you can't be in position and not, you know, make the plays. Um, you you have to be gap sound, and you know you have to control the line of scrimmage. And I just think teams are starting to, you know, really see that they can run the football, which, you know, opens up everything else, play action, you know, drop back pass in, in the screen game as well. So when you can't neutralize the the, the running game, you, you're setting yourself up for a long day. And when you look at that, I mean, uh, you know, attacking the running game, being able to take it down, I mean, this defense has obviously improved this season, speaking here with Marvin Graves of Syracuse history on the Syracuse Orange and uh, most recent loss to Pittsburgh. But, you know, Marvin, we, we have seen that this Syracuse defense has stepped it up. They're attacking the quarterback better than they have. They are, you know, obviously getting interceptions and creating turnovers. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Pat Narduzzi, because Pittsburgh likes to run the ball, I'm sure that Narduzzi was watching this film against Clemson and seeing what Syracuse was allowing and how Syracuse, you know, that you can gas them. And if you keep pushing and pushing – you're going to take them down. And like you said, you know, you allow over 200 yards on the ground, you're not going to have a good day. And, you know, Syracuse and where they stood after this game against Pittsburgh had allowed Pittsburgh to have 265 yards on the ground on 47 carries. Just to put it into perspective, Syracuse had 42 carries, just five less, and went 177 yards. So, you know, you're looking at that. Syracuse had five different people run the ball 42 times for 177, 4.2 yards a carry. Pitt had five different players run the ball 47 times, 265 total yards, 5.6 yards a carry. So carrying the ball almost as many times as each other and showing that there was almost 100 yards more on Pittsburgh's side of the ball. So this seems to be the sore thumb that's sticking out right now is that Syracuse is struggling to run the ball, and Pittsburgh, you know, teams like Pittsburgh, teams like Clemson are having a heyday with this one against Syracuse's defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, every every week brings uh, a different task. And, you know, hats off to, to Pittsburgh and, you know, sticking to their game plan and, you got to go with what works, and coaching and, and, and the coaching and, and, and adjustments during the game is so crucial. Um, but you know, once once those guys are out there on the field, you know the bottom line is those guys got to make plays. You know, I, I'm not going to totally put it on the coaching staff. You know, I'm a former player, I'm a former coach, but once you step between the white lines, you got to make plays. Now, I don't know if you you're not studying enough. I don't know if you're not confident enough. But um, it's just not the team that I thought would show up on Saturday. Um, the good thing about it is, you know, we still got a lot of games left. And I still feel like the mistakes are, are, are correctable um, in that locker room. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a big task. I still feel like the program is on on the uprise. And it's, these are the tough times you got to go through to eventually be one of the top uh the top schools in the ACC as well as the country. Marvin, how do they stop themselves from floundering, from spinning downward? Because, you know, essentially last year they played Clemson, they beat Clemson, 
and then they went on an 0-5 streak to the end of the season. This time around, they play Clemson really tough. They don't win, but they've lost again after that Clemson game. What would you attribute to that? Is it is it getting hyped up for the game so much against Clemson? Is it getting so pumped up, so jazzed for that game that by that when they get to the next game, you know, it, the, a week isn't enough to have the rest that they need? What what would you attribute to what's going on with Syracuse at at this point? Because this happened last year where they played Clemson, they had a great game, and then they floundered after that. And now this year they played Clemson, they had almost a victory in this one, and then yet here we are right now. So what do you attribute that to? It Does it have anything to do as a, player, a former player with the amount of energy, preparation, whatever that goes into Clemson, and then coming off of that, you know, coming off of that high or coming off of of all that energy what what is it because it seems like there's something to we play Clemson we play them tough speaking from Syracuse's perspective and then all of a sudden they can't get ready for that next game well I think the guys were ready um you know you put up 37 points on offense um you know I'd say that they you know put some work in during the week um, again, you gotta you gotta give Pitt some credit because I think what it shows is, and, and it's not just in this game, it's parity around in, in college football right now. You know, you look at ODU knocking off Virginia Tech, um, games games like that. So, with that being said, you know, college football and and trying to be an elite program, trying to be a consistent program, you have to just create a standard of how you play. When you look at the Alabamas, um, you look at those teams that are, are pretty dominant. Um, you know, they have certain athletes on their team, but I feel like when you line up, you have to play a certain way, and that starts in practice. So it shouldn't matter who you line up against. You know, you get your game plan, you study your game plan, and that's the key to know as much as about your opponent as possible so that you can attack. And um, I, I just think you're seeing a lot of parity in college football. And, again, this is just one of those growing pains to become an elite program that you got to know that no matter who you're lining up against, you got to bring your A game every single week. And bringing your A game every single week, I mean, Syracuse is creating turnovers. They have an interception in every single one of their first six games. Speak with me on that, Marvin. I mean, you're a quarterback, so your job is to read, find those – find those places out there in the field that you could drop that ball into and you got to know where your guy is and you got to know where the guy that's on that guy is and what's going on with the defense you got to make sure you're not telegraphing you got to make sure you know you're you're not being spied upon in such a way or when you are that you can ad lib in those moments so Syracuse has been able to read the quarterback they've been able to get the quarterback to make mistakes and they have an interception in every single game this season at least one interception per game in the first six games just your thoughts on that I mean this this secondary and overall on the defense has done a tremendous job at reading the quarterback and getting the interception they have they have I mean I've seen the growth um in that unit um you know again sometimes things take time and you know they are creating turnovers uh offensively you gotta you know, take advantage of those turnovers. But they are creating turnovers, and that's a good sign. Um, again, I feel like 
um, the deficiencies that are going on, that needs to be fixed within the locker room. And the players need to really take a look at look at themselves in the mirror because the coaches can't go out there and play. So um, the defense, there are a lot of positives that I do see coming out of this game. You know, just to, just to mention a few, offensively, you know, we are putting up points. You know, defensively, we are creating turnovers. And you look at special teams, you know, field goal kick a three for three. Um, you got a kid that's, you know, a walk-on, I believe, that's uh, pretty, you know, been solid since he's, you know, started kicking field goals. So, um, you know, we did rush for, you know, 170-something yards. So there's a lot of good things to take away from it. But you have to go back to the lab and you have to put the work in and you have to, you know, you really have to come back with that swag. And it starts with, you know, each preparation day throughout the week. And you talk, you, you spoke about the fact on uh, on special teams, the ability of Andre Schmidt, who comes on to the team uh, out on the field for the first time as a redshirt freshman on the team. And Andre Schmidt was three for three in this game. Andre Schmidt overall this season in his field goals has been absolutely tremendous in his ability out there. He has gone nine for nine in the last three games that Syracuse has had. And overall, he is, you know, he's made 16 of 17 field goals that he has attempted. Just what you could say about that, because the kickers, the punters, the long snappers, there's not a lot of respect that goes out there for them. And I'm looking to change that. So he's 16 of 17 from field goal range. Just your thoughts. Oh, I mean, you know, to have that, uh, portion of your special team solid you know defense you know win championships offense sell tickets and the special teams win the close ones so um i think it's just a great confidence builder not only for itself but just the team and the staff to have confidence in him that if it comes down to a field goal the chances are are good so um again that's one of the bright spots um that i do see uh in, in Syracuse coming out of the weekend. Um, he remained solid on the road. Um, you know, special teams has, has been better to me than in the past. And, um, you know, I think if we can get these, these mistakes corrected, um, you know, he's going to win a couple of ball games, probably close ball games for us down the road. And Andre Schmidt also making a note here, he is 30 for 30 on his extra points, 16 of 17 on his field goals, as we stated before. So, tremendous play from Andre Schmidt, the kicker for Syracuse, and uh, getting getting everything done, doing what he needs to do. Kind of a dark horse, too, because Sterling Hoffrichter had you know been the guy that was going to be the kicker-punter, so to speak, for Syracuse. And then we got a little curveball from uh, Coach Babers, and he decided to put Andre Schmidt out there. He just said he tested better, and obviously whatever they use, whatever criteria – whatever, you know, meter, stick, whatever it may be that they used to figure out what was going to work in this situation obviously worked uh, out for the Syracuse Orange as Andre Schmidt has done a lot of good things for the team. Before we let you go, speaking here with Marvin Graves, typically it is on Monday morning. He's our Monday morning quarterback taking the moniker and turning it into something even more special, having an actual quarterback on Monday morning every week at 9.15 a.m. Eastern time. He is on Tuesday this week due to the holiday. So, what else did you see in this? I mean, well, let's go back to the rain delay. Before we go where I was going to go with this, let's go back to the rain delay. So, we have a rain delay 
And like you said, you don't remember ever having to experience something like that. The rain delay is going on, and we and then we see a different game, or you know, Pitt is able to bounce back a little bit here. How much do you attribute? And I and, and no excuses. This is not an excuse. I'm just asking the question. How much do you attribute to that? Because you, Syracuse is a high-powered offense that wants to move quickly, get up and down the field. Syracuse's defense is creating turnovers to give it back to the speedy offense. So when you have a system like Syracuse has, how much can this rain delay affect something like that, in your opinion? Um, again, yeah, I've never been through it, but I've, uh, I think I went through it as a coach maybe a couple of times, and I just remember the coaching staff really trying to get the players to come out and, and, and get that energy back up um, to try to keep that momentum going. And it's tough, you know, it's tough when, you know, you are somewhat in the rebuilding stage. Coach Coach Babers and his staff attempting to establish themselves in, in the Syracuse program um, as an elite program around the country. It's tough. And, and you're on the road. Um, but it, it, it is tough. And, and the other team, if, if they didn't have the momentum, they had a chance to take a breath, make some adjustments, um, get their rest, because Syracuse do play – you know, very fast. So um, I just think the momentum swung at that point, and um, I, I was just, <laughs> I was just prayerful that uh, we could pull it off. Um, but it's it, it, it's tough. It, it's got to be tough. Just like I said, the games that I coached and we had such delays, I was on that same end um, that Syracuse was uh, this past weekend. We lost momentum and we were in dog fights and, and just couldn't pull it out. Speaking here with Marvin Graves, our Monday morning quarterback on Tuesday this week due to the holiday. Marvin, being a quarterback in history, especially in history at Syracuse, I'm going to ask you about Eric Dungy because I got a lot of fan comments to get to uh, during the show here that uh, people had left, uh, and I appreciate everybody that left those comments. You know, inside, you know, all the Syracuse fans out there that gave their thoughts on the game following the game for the last few days here. But what do you think about Eric Dungy? Is is he helping, hurting both? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Eric Dungy? Because his style of play is, is different from, I know we haven't seen him a lot, but Tommy DeVito seems like a pocket passer who's going to run only if he has to. So what do you think about Eric Dungy's play in the Pittsburgh game? Is he helping? Is he hurting? Just kind of your thoughts on Eric Dungy at this point. I think I think Dungy's done a great job. Um, I think he's still developing uh, as a quarterback. Um, when, when you play fast like that, you gotta you, you gotta be able to make you know fast, quick decisions. And I think for the most part, he's he's done great. I think he's made good decisions. I think the the, the bad decisions and the turnovers have just come at very unfortunate times. So. Um, you know, I, I believe having, you know, a backup guy. See, it's different. Everybody wants the number two guy to play. Um, but it's different when you're going in as a starter and you're, you're playing every week. Uh, you look at last week, Clemson started, you know, their freshman quarterback, and he gets knocked out of the game. Um, but we had the game in control at that point. So um, I, I think all overall I think he's helped more than hurt. Um, I just think collectively as a team, it's not on one guy. I just think those guys got to make more plays, and they really got to understand situational football a little better. 
So when people are kind of calling for the head of Dungey after this, did you ever experience anything like that where the fans love you one moment and then the next moment you're, you know, you're seeing if you're looking in the paper or listening to the radio or anything, you know, which I, I you know, I feel like a lot of these guys have to tune it out. And, and I cover Blake Bortles and I don't think anybody gets attacked in quarterback wise in the NFL more than Blake Bortles, but you know, what, what are you, how did you handle it? Did you go through something like this where there was that love and respect and appreciation and then you guys lose a game and, and it was, yeah, we need to, uh, we're, we're probably going to have to get rid of this Marvin Graves guy and go to our backup quarterback. Did you ever experience anything like that? No, I, I can't really say that I experienced that. Um, something similar when, uh, I was playing in the CFL. It uh, wasn't so much the fans. Um, I actually heard whispers from veteran receivers um, saying we didn't have a chance um, going into a football game, and I overheard that. Um, it to me, it makes you if you're if you're a baller, if you're an, if you're a fighter, if you're a guy that just goes out there and competes, it just makes you compete that much harder. Um, and I just think what Dungy's going through is just, it, it goes along with the territory. It's not just him, you know, it's, it's, it's Alex Smith here with the Redskins, you know, it happens in the NFL, it happens in college football. Um, so I think he's the type of kid that's, that's going to bounce back. You know, I don't think he'll go in the shell. I think he realizes and hear, uh, what, what people are saying. And I think that'll push him to have a great week of practice and attempt to go one and all in the week. Because the next game is the most important game. When you go through something like this, though, and you have to, you know, obviously find a way to get through this and and find a way to be strong through something like this, what's your advice to the team and what's your advice to Eric Dungy? I mean, so first and foremost to the team and then secondly to him, what would be your advice? Because this team, you know, spiraled last year downward after defeating Clemson. Now this time around, they don't defeat Clemson. They get close but they lose the the game that follows. So what would be your advice to the team right now? My advice would be stick together, you know, number one. You know, the first first six games are over with. Um, You know, we got off to a great start. You know, we were in two ball games that, you know, could have went either way. It's not like these guys got blown out. It's not like these guys lost convincingly. So, you know, number one, you got to stick together. You know, number two, you got to get back out there and and, and just back to the basics. Um, you got to study more. You know, you got to know your opponent more. And and you really, I said it earlier, and I'm going to keep saying it. You know, there's a lot of hype and a lot of distractions around football. But when when you're talking about players and coaches, it's all about situations. So you really just got to get back to the basics and get back to the situational football and realize that every single play in the football game is crucial. And you know, that would, that would be the advice that I would have. You know, just basically get back, stick together, um, you know, take a look, a quick reflection on the first six games. You know, we could be sitting at 6-0, and um, but you got to give those other teams credit. You know, now we have to go out and correct um, the mistakes that we've made over the past two weeks so that we can finish football games. So um, I, I think that's the main thing is to stick together and just go back to the basics and, and realize that you have to grow as a team and learn how to finish and, and, and put people away and get wins, no, no matter who it is. Because you're going to get, with, with the parity in college football, the matchups, it, it, every team is different. 
So you have to be prepared to go into to the game and be confident so guys can fly around. So, you know, I put it, I put it more on the players than the coaches. Speaking here with Marvin Graves, Monday morning quarterback on a Tuesday due to the holiday this week around uh, Marvin, you know, giving that advice. Do you think, I mean, in the Babers era and, and obviously before that in the Schaefer era as well, and even in the Marone era, there has been this close but not close enough. And Syracuse has struggled with that. You know, like you said, they could be 6-0. and you know, last year, they could have won this. They could have won that. They got close with this. They got close with that. What What would you attribute that to? Is I mean, because it's happened in multiple years, is, it's, is it mentality? Is it thinking we're not good enough? I mean, I know, I know you're not in the heads of the players, but you are a former player. When you're in these games that have such a small divide, but you don't win those games, what would you attribute that to? Or what did you attribute that to if it happened to you? Well, you got to learn how to win. Um, you know, it, it, the coaches and the players, they take a lot of flack um, from their play on the field, from their calls on the field, uh, lack of calls or what have you. Um, but, but you know, let's look at what recruiting is all about. You're getting guys that come from all walks of life. You get guys that come from winning programs. You get guys that come from losing programs. So you, you're building – what Coach Babers is doing is looking to build a winning attitude. And that's not easy. That's not easy. If you look at any sport over the years, um, you look at the New England Patriots, you know, it took time. It just built over the years. And you get people to buy into your system. You get the right athletes to fit into your system. It's no disrespect to anybody on the Syracuse team or the staff. But a winning attitude is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. Meaning that you got to come to work every day, and when 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 you go into a game, losing is not even an option. And I'll be honest with you, I really never had that feeling um, when I was in high school. Like that was the tradition. Um, we didn't talk about losing. We didn't talk about. We talked about what type of championship jackets we gonna, we were going to get. Um, so we had a we had a, a very tradition, rich tradition of winning. Um, that was laid out. And I think it takes time. Um, it takes losses like this, you know, back-to-back losses. No one likes to lose. But, you know, if you can turn around and respond the next week, you know, five, five, and, th- five and two sounds a whole lot better than four and three. So you have to start there. So um, it, it's just the attitude. It's a swagger. Um, it's the preparation of, you know, just going at it every day and losing is not an option. So um, it, it just takes time, man. It takes time, and, and you have to work at it. And, and for coaches, again, you know, bringing kids from all walks of life and, you know, having to deal with these issues and trying to get them to buy into your system, um, it takes time. But overall, I, I really still think that this staff is doing a great job. I think this team is fighting hard. You know, hey, we dropped two in a row, but um, – you know, we were in those ball games. So if you're a Syracuse fan and you're looking at the game, yeah, you're a little, you're frustrated. But you know, these guys are playing hard. Um, they're making mistakes. There's a lot of mistakes going on over the, all across the country. Um, but they're playing hard and they're in ball games. So um, you know, I think if if people were to ask if we were going to be four and two, I think we're right where we need to be. Um, 
you know, a couple of a couple of bounces our way, like I said, we could be six and zero. But you know, like Coach Max said, if ifs and ifs and nuts was if ifs and buts was candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. <laughs> but um, those teams made those plays, man. So you got to give them the credit. And for the Orangemen, you just got to go back to the lab. You know, the season's not over. You still have a lot of the goals that they probably set and right still in front of them. Um, and I, I do believe that, you know, with Dungey at the helm and Coach Babers and the staff, I think we have the team that can, you know, get us to a bowl game and, and, and turn the season, you know, back in the direction it was in the first four games. Speaking here with Marvin Graves, uh, Marvin Graves, Syracuse quarterback alum, speaking on the Syracuse team currently. And like you said, you know, they have to have that mentality and, you know, they have to – they have to walk into this thing, you know, believing that they can and knowing that they can win this game. One of the guys who has definitely been helping them to do good things and to get close to these victories, if not get these victories, are, is true freshman running back Jarvion Howard. We talk about, you know, Syracuse having almost 100 yards less than Pittsburgh did in this game, and, and obviously that that needs to change Syracuse's. Uh, it has exposed themselves, uh, their run defense, in these last couple games, and everybody's watching the film now that's got to play Syracuse, North Carolina up next, you know, watching this film about what they gave up to Clemson, what they gave up to Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks. So they definitely have to shore that up on their defensive side of the ball. You know, they're doing great things in the secondary. They're getting interceptions every game. The linebackers are, you know, are, are doing what they can without the experience and, you know, have had some bright moments. The defensive line has sacked the quarterback and created fumble opportunities. But now it's about getting that other piece, that run defense, and making sure that they make do what they got to do on that side. But on the other side of the ball for Syracuse and their run offense, Jarvion Howard, the true freshman, has been getting it done. He had two touchdowns in this game on only seven carries. And because he played against Pittsburgh, he cannot use this as a redshirt year. He has played five games, which means Syracuse and Dino Babers know that he's important and are going to be using him throughout the rest of the season, you would imagine, with him being in a position right now where he cannot be redshirted. The new redshirt rule is that you can play four games a season, and then if you sit or you get injured, that you don't lose that season. Well, he has now played five, so he's in it this season as a true freshman. What do you like about Jarvion Howard? There's a there's an amazing picture of him letting a stiff arm out there with his left arm and a helmet coming off of his Pittsburgh defender. What have you liked about his running ability and what he's done so far? And and now we know he's going to be a part of the offense throughout the rest of the season because he's played more games than you could if you were going to redshirt him. I mean, I think it's I think it's great. Um, you know, you see so many NFL guys running with the ball in the wrong hand. It's refreshing to see a running back use a stiff arm. Um, so you, you can tell that the kid's been coached very well. Um, he's ready. Those guys are ready to play. Um, I, I just think they've done a great job. You know, when you got young players, it, it, it's tough. It's tough to get out there and compete against, you know, you're competing against elite athletes. You're in the ACC. You know, let's not forget that. You know, Pitt, Syracuse, Clemson, these are these are all elite athletes, all elite teams, all elite coaches. So when you have a freshman that can come in and contribute right away, um, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, the recruiting and the coaching staff, and I think they don't get a lot of credit, you know, for the players that they are bringing in. Um 
you know, you look at over the years from where we started to where we are, I just think you got to give those guys credit. We're not perfect, but, you know, to have a freshman, two freshmen go out there, redshirt freshman kicking, you know, a freshman quarterback come off the bench, you know, these young guys are stepping up and playing good football, and I think, you know, the future is still bright. But, you know, we're going through some growing pains right now. But I hats off to the to coaching staff and, and the guys that have come in the game and, and made us proud, stepped up and showed us why we recruited them. And lastly, here with Marvin Graves this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. They have a bye week this week, Marvin. They're off. They're not playing this weekend on October 13th or 12th or whatever. So they have a week off. They started 4-0 for the first time since you did it in 91. They've dropped two in a row. Does this bye week, in your opinion, come at the best time for Syracuse to get back on track? I think I think this, uh, honestly, as a player, I would say no. I would, I would rather get right back out there and play um, the following week to redeem myself. Um, from a coaching, a coaching staff, a coach, coach's perspective, um, yeah, you may you may need that week to do some self scouting to kind of take a look at and reflect on the first six games, see what we do well, see what we're not doing well, see who maybe we can utilize a little more, see who may not need to be in the lineup. And um, so, I think from a coaching uh, standpoint, I think it's a good a good time for the buy, um, and it'll give them it'll give them two weeks, you know, to really look at. Uh, the first six games and, and kind of hit the reset button and get ready for the home stretch. That coming from Marvin Graves. Marvin, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. Following Marvin Graves, we're going to get your thoughts after this fast break. Many fans weighed in after the game. I got all your thoughts ready to go, so thank you to everybody that has. If you're on the live feed, mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Become a member right now, and you can send me a message on your thoughts of Syracuse. As always, Marvin, I appreciate you. I respect you, and it's always good to have you on the broadcast. So next Monday, we'll be back at our normal time and place. And uh, thank you for ad-libbing with us for the holiday this week. And thank you, as always, for your insight in the game. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to next week and, you know, to the Syracuse Nation. Let's stick in there with our guys because they need us right now. That coming from Marvin Graves, don't give up on somebody just because they're having a tough moment. Thank you, Marvin, as always. I appreciate it. Take care, Dan. Take care. That coming once again from Marvin Graves. And, and what a message that is, folks. That's a that's a real, real tangible message, okay? Because, and I tell people this all the time, when you give up on your team, you can't give up on your team, right? Well, Dan, I'm pissed. They're not winning. I don't want to I don't want to wear my shirt. Listen, a true fan puts their hat on. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan and they lose to the Chiefs, a true fan gets up in the morning, puts that Jaguars hat on, and goes outside. That's what real fans do. Nobody wants fake fans. Nobody wants pretend fans, fans that are just there when you're doing good. And I always liken it to family or or girlfriends or boyfriends. Are you only there for your girlfriend when she's, you know, let's say she plays, I don't know, volleyball. So are you only there for her when she wins volleyball games and when she loses, you're like, ah, oh, let's break up. No, that would be stupid. Are you only there for your children when they get an A on their test, but if they get a B, you make them sit outside, you don't hang out with them, you don't feed them? No. 
So, you know, we don't do this in normal walks of life. You don't give up on a friend or a, or a family member or, you know, your significant other because there was a rough day, a rough patch, a rough moment, right? You don't give up on somebody because of that. So, you know, when it comes to football and when it comes to sports or whatever sport in general, you know, you can't give up on your team because they have a rough moment. They knew that people didn't believe in them going into the season. They knew that people in the community and inside of the media didn't believe in them coming into this season. And what did they do? They played anyways. They strapped up, laced up anyways, went out there anyways, fought for the, fought to do what they needed to do anyways, believed in themselves anyways. And now they're having a rough patch. So everybody was excited. Everybody was happy. Everybody was with it. Now the team's losing a little bit, and you're going to show your true colors. Either you're going to run away from them and show that you were only there as a, as a fair weather for the party, or you're going to be somebody who, like you'd be there for your kids, like you'd be there for your wife or your husband, like you'd be there for your sister, like you'd be there for your best friend. Then you're going to show your true colors. Because the reality of it all is you don't give up on somebody because they didn't have the best day. My parents never did that. My parents didn't say, oh, you got a 97 instead of 100. Well, you're not our son today. You know, that stuff doesn't happen. And if it does, those people are nuts. But you can't give up on the team. You can't be in a position right now to say that you don't care or it doesn't matter to you. They're going through a rough patch. Everybody goes through rough times. Everybody goes through rough moments. You're either a fan or you're not. You either care or you don't. And the fans would tell me, well, Dan, I do care, but I'm allowed to be frustrated. You are allowed to be frustrated. You are allowed to be pissed. You are allowed to say enough is enough. But don't call yourself a fan if you stop paying attention, stop caring right now, and stop going to the games. But when they start winning a game, you go back. Fairweather fans have no place in the world of sports, in my opinion. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with your comments on Syracuse in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, Dreisiglady.com is the right fit for you. 
D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious 9-ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90-inch monster. Watch your game enjoy time with family friends as well as bringing the kids to the playroom the su alumni party for every away football game is making headlines as well as robert drummond syracuse football alum and dan Totora's pre-game show two hours before kickoff for every home game private parties available as well for as many as 300 people Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I want to get to your live feed thoughts if you want to be a member of the live feed, it's easy to do here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. It's extremely easy and extremely quick, and it's free. If you want to be a member of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on the live stream, you, all you have to do is go to mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and click join or follow, and you will become a member of this. It takes just a few seconds to become a member Two awesome things happen when you become a member. You can chat with me in the live chat room for every live broadcast. So as soon as we go live, you can write us messages about what we're talking about, questions you may have, thoughts you may have. We only ask two things. Number one, that you justify your opinion. And number two, that you're respectful of yourself and you're respectful of everybody else. So we're not here for profanity, personal attacks, negativity. We're here for reality. You know, you could say... I don't agree with the way Syracuse is playing, or I don't like the way that they've been playing, or, or, or this, that, and the other, and that's okay, and that's fine. 
you know, to say something like that, but to be respectful and to never be derogatory. So make sure that that you are doing good things and positive things out there. You're welcome to give your thoughts in a in an adult manner. And it's unfortunate that there's a lot of people that don't know how to do that. But there's a lot of people that do know how to do that. And I appreciate every single one of you. So you become a member, you can chat with us in the live chat room, and you get sent an email every single time we go live. So only members get this. You sign up on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. You click follow. And once you become a member, every time the show goes live, you get sent an email to all of your devices saying, wake up call is live, click to listen. You open up the email and you click to listen. It's as easy as it's as simple and as easy as that. So if you're not a member yet, I don't know why. I thank to I thank all of the people that are members and I implore you to do the same. So we got a message from Gusser628. Dan, so much truth in everything you and Marvin just talked about. I can say that all the fans that were in Pittsburgh on Saturday, speaking of the Syracuse fans, because Gusser was out there. Gusser's been a longtime listener to the show, and I want to shout him out too because he was at the Carrier Dome last year on the field goal contest, and he booted it through the uprights and and won, and you never see anybody do it. And he had right down the line, right down the middle, booted it through the uprights. So super proud of Gusser. He said, that the fans in Pittsburgh on Saturday were loyal, loud, and proud, even amidst a loss. This team is gritty and has a lot of fight. We need to keep a big picture view. And even at 4-2, and two, I feel this team is exceeding expectations. There is a lot of football left in the season, and I am excited to see this team succeed when it's all said and done at the end of the year. <clears throat> and I'm going to give I'm gonna give a nice amen to that. And, and a thank you for his thoughts. So shout out to Gusser for that. So once again, he said the fans in Pittsburgh were loud. They were proud. They were loyal, even amidst the loss. Big picture view, the team is 4-2. and two. The reality of that is there's six more games. There's half a season left. Syracuse lucked out with their bye week. They play six games. They get a break. They play six more. So they literally have their bye week to cut the first half of the season to the second half, which allows Dino, and we all know that he's a good public speaker, it allows Dino the opportunity to say, okay, in the first half of our season, we are 4-2. and two. We need to decide who we're going to be in the second half of our season. Are we going to be 0-6? Are we going to be 4-2? and two? Are we going to be 2-4? and four? Are we going to be 6-0? and oh? So we've gotten through this first season, and now we're in our bye week, and we're heading into our second season of this year essentially split it into two different pieces. Who are we going to be now? Are we going to come out in the second half of our season and be the 4-0 team? Or are we going to be the 0-2 team? You guys have to decide that. That would be my message to the team right now. And a bunch of you have messages to the team. I want to get to it. I put out a post after playing Clemson close in Death Valley where the Tigers haven't lost since the end of 2016. Syracuse returns to action with a loss to Pitt. What's your reaction to the overtime loss at Pitt in current state of Orange football? <clears throat> and this is what you all had to say. And thank you. We got a tremendous response to this. So thank you to everybody that responded. I'm going to start with your thoughts here. Uh, Donald J. said this team was soft today, physically dominated. So he saw a softer team. I'm, he may be attributing that to the run or maybe in general. 
they did create fumbles. They did get turnovers, but they did struggle against the run and offered the other team offered Pittsburgh a lot of a lot of yards, over 250 yards on the ground. <clears throat> so George G said they did not play well, and Dungey was not on in his game. So speaking of Eric Dungey, you know to go to his exact numbers with Eric Dungey right now how he looks in this game against Pittsburgh and his numbers in the game in this loss to Pittsburgh in overtime were were this he was 18 of 38 so he had more incompletions than completions 20 incompletions 18 completions only 195 yards passing one touchdown two interceptions and he did carry the ball 13 times for 70 yards to lead all of the Syracuse rushers, he had a touchdown and 5.4 yards per carry. So running the ball, he did well. But again, they run the ball a bunch of times. He's your leading rusher. That's a good thing. But throwing the ball and getting the ball downfield, he has been struggling. 18 of 38 in this game. So George G saying, you know, he wasn't playing his game. I didn't see Dungy playing the way that he should play. So, uh, Stephen, Stephen S. said, should have played DeVito were his thoughts on this, and some people did like that. I would caution you on this one. I know that, you know, Tommy DeVito was able to get the ball down the field against Florida State and score touchdowns when Dungy went out. And, you know, to the, the, like a blurry vision that it was called after the game by Dino. Uh, when he went out of the game and Tommy stepped up. Now, when Dungy was in, the team only amounted six points in the first half after shutting out Florida State. And, well, Florida State kind of shut themselves out too because they could have kicked a field goal and they were definitely in scoring range inside of the red zone of Syracuse. And they ran out of time. So, But only six points in the first half against Florida State. So, And then you look to the second half where 24 points were scored. Three touchdowns. And one field goal under Tommy DeVito, who got the ball down the field, scored his first passing touchdown and his first rushing touchdown in the game against Florida State. So, you know, people go back to a game like that and they say, okay, I want DeVito. But I'll caution people because I don't think that that those same people were saying they wanted DeVito when DeVito came out against Western Michigan when Dungy was on the sideline and almost lost the game. So, you know, you want DeVito because your memory goes back to the last game. But overall, some people did, some people didn't. I will caution you. Yes, Eric's got to be better on getting the ball down the field. Yes, he has to think to not run first, and he needs to throw the ball. He needs to be a quarterback and then a runner and not the opposite. And to minimize his mistakes. I agree with that. I just caution people that want DeVito out there after DeVito had a not good game and then a good game, and that's all you've seen him. And not that he's not going to be the future of this team, but this is Dungy's final year. So, you know, I mean, if this continues with Dungy and he continues to throw interceptions and he continues to struggle and he continues to have incompletions and it's it's his fault, not because they were dropped balls or this, that, and the other thing, if he's underthrowing, overthrowing, whatever it may be, if he's waiting too long, if he's telegraphing, then yeah, then then that's a dungy issue. But if the guys aren't catching the ball, which happened a lot this season so far, where they should be catching the ball, then that's on them and not on him. So, And that's a Dino Babers decision. 
I think Tommy DeVito is going to be a good future quarterback for Syracuse. I would caution people saying that they want to take Dungy out right now. If this team goes 0-3, 0-4 in, in these next couple games, I mean, if we're looking at this saying, okay, they started 4-0, now they're 0-2. If that's 0-3, 0-4, now they're 4-4, then yeah, I would I would look at that before it gets out of hand. But as of right now, I think Dungy's going to be your guy. Susan M. said, so many factors as to why we're not that great of a team despite starting 4-0, between Dungy never seeming to find anyone to throw to and choosing to scramble, which I just brought up, and our defense struggling to stop the run, amongst other things. I'll say, and we brought up the struggle to stop the run with Marvin Graves. I'll say in my personal opinion, this is Susan again. If I were the coach, which I'm severely underqualified to do, I'd have no commitment to Dungy, senior or not. It's a team sport. I personally think DeVito should be given more of a chance. Again, I think that if this team struggles more, that that has a likelihood of happening. Uh, Tim said, amazing what a difference a week makes. Last week, we're talking about Dungy as the GOAT. Today, they're making him that GOAT. And he had a reply from Susan who said, I was never one of those people. I haven't liked Dungy since day one. I'm just not a fan of these quarterbacks nowadays who scramble and run so much. I'm a fan of the pure passing quarterback. Tim said, I love his heart. I wish I wish uh, every player played as hard as he does. Until now, his skill was good enough because the players around him were not as good. Now he has to raise his game for the team to take the next step. So far, he hasn't been able to. And then he said he also wasn't the reason we lost the last two games. Our inability to stop the run is the reason. And Susan said that she agreed that Dungey didn't lose the games as much as the failure to stop the run did. So, see, two fans having differences of opinions, but justifying them and being respectful and ultimately at the end finding a compromise. The world is not that hard to bring people together, folks. It's just people who are who are that difficult that don't want to. That's the issue. It's not that hard to come to a compromise. It's not that hard to come together. It's not that hard to find peace together. It's just when you're dealing with somebody who wants to be right and has to be right irregardless of what the real truth is or anything else. It's the grown adult that stomps their foot on the ground like a child. Those are the people you got to watch out for because those of us that want to find peace are the ones saying, I have an opinion and I'm strong about it. But if you have an opinion and you're strong about it too, we can have a conversation. You have to be willing to have the conversation. That's it. It's as simple as that. God friended me. Watch that show. It's about people that believe in God and people that don't, and they're having a conversation. Watch that show. Great show. I caught up on it. I watched the first couple episodes. Great, great show. God friended me. Go watch it. Tom R. said, we scored enough points to win. Two weeks in a row, we couldn't stop the run when it counted. Amen, Tom. Speaking to the choir here. Linebackers need to step up quick. Yes. Or the rest of the season may be similar. Pitt covered our receivers well and kept constant pressure on Dungy. It wasn't his best game, but credit to Pitt's defense. Absolutely. Pitt's defense definitely stepped it up. Pat Narduzzi, known to be a defensive guy, and the last time Syracuse played him didn't look defense. So, you know, it didn't look like defense at all. And if anybody can be, you know, this was a game. This was 44-37 to in overtime. The last time Syracuse went to Pitt under Babers, it was 76-61. to Most points ever scored in a game by FBS opponents combined at 137. So this was an actual game that actually went back and forth, 
and there were a lot of defensive moments in this for Pittsburgh and for Syracuse. And so that looks more like Pat Narduzzi, and Syracuse did do some good things. But, you know, when you capitalize off of turnovers, you can't make turnovers yourself. And that's the issue, is that Syracuse was able to get three turnovers, but they made three turnovers. So if you're playing the home game, that's essentially that you got three and you gave them all back. So in essence, you had none because you got them, but then you gave the same amount right back. So every opportunity that you gained, you lost back to them. So that's something to think about and to put in your pipe and, and, and think about that for a little bit because the reality of it all is it's great to help yourself and get those takeaways, but when you give all those takeaways back and you got three but you give three, you really had none because three possessions you were supposed to have, you lost, and the three that you weren't necessarily going to have, you gained. So you didn't gain anything out of that. Syracuse has to make sure that when they're capitalizing off of turnovers, you can't be giving up the ball on your own side of the ball. Other comments that were made as well here, we have Sonny Spira, who played basketball for Syracuse, longtime member of a Wake Up Call with Dance Tour, longtime a show listener and show speaker. He said, brutal loss. This one was painful, but shows the emotions of young men, how they were probably disappointed or oversatisfied with the showing at Clemson. They have to get over the mental hump, and I believe they will. Thank you, Sonny, for that. He goes to the mental side. I agree. There's a mental side to this game. You're pissed off that you didn't win, but you were close enough to win. You carry it into the... These are young kids, mind you. And 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 for those of you listening, those of you that are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, so on and so forth, even in your 80s, even in your 30s, even in your 60s, do you not have something that you can't let go of? Right? Something bothered you that happened and you just stick on it. So everybody's like, well, you know, these these guys, they got to bounce back. They got to bounce back. Why are they doing this? Why are they thinking this way? Why, why are they letting the mental game get the best of them? Do we not have our moments? Do we not think about that one person, that total stranger that wrote something to us on social media or when we were driving, cut us off or got on the subway and moved us, you know, and, and pushed in front of us so that we couldn't get on? You don't let it bother you. I had something happen in New York Comic Con. And my producer, Nick, we spent the whole time together. God bless him. He's a great guy. Uh, work and personal. Appreciate him very much. And so Nick and I were buying art. And I bought art from these three artists. And I told them, hey, you could be on the show. We're going to talk about this, that, and the other thing. And <clears throat> they gave me a price for the art. And when they actually ran my payment, they charged me more than what they said. There were no signs. There was no percentage increase. There was no tax. There was no nothing. I went back and addressed them of it. And their response to me was, oh, yeah, that's what we do. Thanks for asking. So you lied to me. You overcharged me. And your response is, oh, sorry that you didn't know our invisible rule. Have a great day. Well, they will never be on my show. I will never have them on the broadcast. They will not be promoted by me. But Nick said, leave it there. Don't think about it. Don't let it ruin your... He looked at me and said, please don't let this ruin your day. It was a bad happening, right? It was a poor instance. You can't let it ruin you, though, right? You can't let it ruin your day. You can't let it 
ruin your moment. And I didn't. I listened to Nick. I listened to God. I went on with my day. And I had a phenomenal day with Nick. And we had a great time. And it's the same thing with these guys. No matter what your age is, it's hard to let go of something sometimes that you have to. Because if you cannot win the game of life mentally, you're never going to win. Mentally, you have to be good to yourself. And mentally, you have to say, we lost. We got close, but we lost. We're not playing Clemson again. We're playing Pittsburgh now. What's Pittsburgh look like on film? Who's Pittsburgh's best players? What do they do? How do they do it? What are their weaknesses? What are their strengths? What can we exploit? What can we do as a team that we can control? We can't control what happened in the past. We can't control what happened in Clemson. We can't take back this and move this over here. We can only control how we play on the field on offense, defense, and special teams against Pitt. Easier said than done, though, right? Because not only are they going through this, but these are young kids. People forget they're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This, that's how old they are. That's how old they are. You got a bunch of 60-year-olds screaming at you. How are you that stupid? How would you miss that play? To an 18-year-old. When you were 18, were you making smart decisions? Were you always doing the right thing? Some of you were. Some of you weren't. Some of you are wise beyond your years. Some of you aren't. Some of you are 50 years old and act like a 12-year-old. Some of you are 12 and act like you have been here before. So it's each individual. But as a team, if there's enough people that are beaten up about that loss, that could affect you. And only the Syracuse players can answer if they let that affect them to a point where it ultimately hurt them in this game. Glenn P. said, tough to win on the road. Exactly. Syracuse uh, consistently loses on the road. Right there at the end of two weeks in a row, need to close it out. Amen to that. You know, Syracuse is a team, though. They are a team that struggles away from home. They defeated Western Michigan, lost their last two. So they're 1-2 and two on the road this season. And then under Babers last season for 2017, we look at Syracuse on the road, lost every single game. They were 0-5 on the road. Then we look at 2016, Babers' first season, and they were in that season 2-3 on the road. So this team typically has a losing record in recent history on the road. And Syracuse is not only trying to change the tide and the culture of Syracuse in general back to the winning side of things, but inside of that fight, there's another fight to prove that they can be a road-winning team because they haven't been a team that's won on the road in a long time. Michael T. said, all we need is two wins before the season ends to, to be bowl qualified. Just don't see where we get that those two wins, though. And there was a reply, and so uh, so definitely Michael looking to get that sunny reply to him and said, have faith. Jim M. said, here we go again with a sad face, crying, then more crying, and then an angry face. So he doesn't want history to repeat itself. And then Michael T. came back and said in caps, no bowl again this, no bowl game this year again. He said, I just... 
feel that we get close and now the losing streak starts, when will they be an upper echelon college football team? I responded to Michael saying their mindset has to change. They have to believe. They have to bounce back. He said, yeah, I thought this was the year we break out of obscurity and prove the naysayers and the pundits wrong. Here's the thing, though. Who cares about the naysayers? Who cares about the pundits? What do they matter? Who cares about them at all? It puts a chip on their shoulder. Okay, but outside of that, let the morons that think you're going to fail until you're going to fail, let them go to the wayside because they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. They're never going to matter, okay? Those are the people that you wave to when you're at the top of the mountain because they're still at the bottom because they're not going to work to get to the top of the mountain. They're just going to yell at everybody who walks by and tries to climb the mountain, telling them that they won't ever make it. They're not going to get to the top. They're worthless. Nobody's going to, I mean, that's what naysayers do. They don't take action in their own lives. They don't make their own lives better. They just trying to ruin other people's lives. They never go up the mountain. They just yell at you as you try to climb it. And you know what? Whether they're there or not, whether you fall or not, whether it takes 25 chances to get up that mountain or not, keep climbing the mountain because the naysayers will always be at the bottom. And when you get to the top of the mountain, I want to let you know something. They will be yelling up to you from the bottom of the mountain, having not moved in months, years, decades. They will look up to the top of the mountain once you finally get up there, and they'll have negative comments to say about how you got up there or the fact that you're up there but shouldn't be up there. It doesn't matter what the naysayers and the pundits say. What it matters is what you think of yourself, what you are trying to accomplish, and whether or not you are going to accomplish that or hold yourself back. Because I will promise you, the people that tell you you can't, you can't, you can't, when you finally do, they're still going to find a way to say that you didn't do it right. So just do it for yourself, not for those morons. Cody, you said... Lost all after Clemson. I see a same fate coming. Oh, lost all after Clemson last year. I see a same fate coming is what they meant to say. So Cody essentially saying, you know what I said, Syracuse has to be careful that after giving so much to that Clemson game, they don't lose it all. And he thinks it'll happen again this year. So that's a, that's a wait and see. Hopefully for Syracuse's sake, that doesn't happen. Michael said, maybe next week against North Carolina. Syracuse gets to five and two, but then where do they get the next win? And Kevin said Louisville. He believes that they'll beat Louisville. I said Louisville would have five or six wins in a rebuild type of season, and uh, they've definitely struggled up to this point. And if we take a look at at Louisville at this point in the season. And where they're at here in the grand scheme of things, Louisville currently is two and four. So I had them winning five games, maybe six games. They're two and four so far this season. They're the opposite of Syracuse. So you'd like to think that Syracuse will get that dub when they play Louisville in their last home game. But you have to be careful of those games. It's a Friday night game. Louisville has nothing to lose and everything to gain. And Bobby Petrino's gone up against Babers twice. So. You can't just say that's that you can't you can't circle that game and say there's no way that Louisville's going to win because that's a game just like the Pittsburgh game that I'm concerned about. My gut's telling me that Louisville's going to play that game potentially a lot better than people want them to if you're a Syracuse fan. So just watch that game. Newman said stop the mother freaking run with an exclamation point all in caps. Agreed. Growing pains says James A when turning a program around. The young men need to 
learn from this, and I believe they will. They have the right man for the job, hashtag Dino. So James likes Dino. He says, you know, when you're turning a program around, you're going to have growing pains. Things haven't really clicked with this team, and now they're finally starting to click with this team, and they had a little snafu, a little gaff, and he's saying, give it time, give it time. It's going to be okay. They just they need some time to get better. So we got James being positive in this as well. And those are all your comments about your thoughts of what's been going on this season with Syracuse following their 4-2 and two start. So thank you to everybody that chimed in because so many of you did. I appreciate it tremendously. We'll take a fast break. We'll be on the prowl with Jacksonville Jaguars coverage in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K.com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to K9 Campground. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. 
The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Thank you so much for tuning in to coverage of the Syracuse football team with our Monday morning quarterback on a Tuesday this week with Columbus Day being on Monday and being a holiday. So I want to say thank you so much as always once again to Marvin Graves, Syracuse quarterback alum, and thank you for tuning in to that as well as for you hearing what you had to say on Facebook. Thank you to everybody. Just on Facebook alone, we had so many tremendous responses from all throughout on facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt on the group page Syracuse Orange Empire. Thank you to everybody that gave their thoughts on Syracuse football. And with that being said, part two of our show is coming up next, so make sure you listen to it here on the archive on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, on TuneIn Radio, the Podbean Podcast, the iTunes Podcast, and the RSS feed for On the Prowl, coverage of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and so much more. So thanks you, thank you for listening to this episode of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, part one. Make sure you listen to part two right now.